0: I was always from as my youngest memory, I can think like, I don't want to fail in life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't, and I never Mm -hmm. felt this is going to sound negative against myself, but this is just what I was telling myself from the get go. I I would, I was thinking like, I'm not very bright. Like I don't, I don't excel in my mind. I don't excel physically. Like I need every freaking chip that I can stack in my Mm -hmm. favor. So I'm just going to pay attention. I'm going to, you know be as clean as I can and work as hard as I can and just put one foot in front of the yeah. other
1: What's going on man welcome to the uh, the Darren Woodson show. yeah,
0: thank you yeah, yeah. it's uh uns- unexpected for sure like yeah. uh, but very much appreciated yeah, yeah. and you so, just got
1: off a plane. So- from where? Minneapolis. Minneapolis, okay. And it is windy here. Yeah.
2: yeah. Hey,
0: you're
1: not
2: complaining about the wind. No, Trust no, no. Me. But I was just I driving in my you. truck. I was yeah. like, I literally
0: watching rotation drop into the hood of my truck. And I'm like, I was driving here wondering if anyone has had a tornado form. <laughs> On them, <laughs> like when you start out in the <laughs> twister. <laughs> you know, like I, I think that's what's gonna happen. Is I'm watching the whole thing rotate. Uh, I'm like,
3: my truck's gonna be in the middle. There we, go. <laughs> here we yeah. go. Yeah, welcome to Texas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, y'all, y'all get yeah. the freezing up there in Minneapolis, but uh, we get the wild wa- because it literally, it probably the wind rolled in right as you, right after you landed. Probably. Yeah,
0: you know, and I noticed. So we were supposed to land at ten, and we didn't land until ten twenty, and then the lady in front of me turned it on the screen where you can see the airplane coming you know, mm. your flight tracker. Mm-hmm. And we had went past Dallas quite a ways and then came in. And yeah. so, yeah, I was imagining yeah. the avoiding yeah. the storm.
2: If anybody knows storms, it's you. I've been in a few. Yeah. I've been <laughs> yeah. in a few in yeah. a tent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's it. We'll, yeah. We'll get there. But we'll yeah, get Before
1: it. we get there, let's, let it, it, that sexy voice you hear is not mine or Darren or Tyler's. It's Donnie Vincent, who is a filmmaker, biologist, explorer. Yeah. What else? A biologist. I mean, you do everything. Yeah, I mean... Pretty much anything outdoors, you do. Yeah, I just want to be outside. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and, and we're obviously going to get to quite a bit of that. But what we do on this show is we like to hear the journey. We want to know how you got to where you are today. And so, what we typically do is take it all the way back to the beginning and understand okay. where you're from, what your family dynamics were like. Sure. Kind of set up the story a little bit so that people... Sure. Just see you today, yeah, understand where you come from, so take us back there. Where were you born? Where are you from? Tell us about your family.
0: I was born in Hartford, Connecticut. Right. Um, I have a brother, a sister, and obviously parents. Um, I grew up in an interesting household. Uh, brother and sister are drug addicts um, quite possibly still i don't I'm not in a lot of contact with them. I talk to my brother a little bit I don't talk to my sister at all, so I got to watch my my parents were uh, uh they're great people they're they were great parents we all got kind of parented the same and made our own decisions and I got to watch two train wrecks unfold in front of my eyes mm. and so mm. at what I, age
2: what age were was this I
0: mean they were I it's, it's so you embarrassing the youngest say, or youngest you're I'm young, the youngest okay. yeah my brother is probably 5 6 years older than I am and my sister is 3 or 4 in front of him so I was an oops Mm-hmm. so I got to yeah. watch their um you know their lives kind of unwind and yeah. and um i was i was i 'm sure i wasn 't going to make the same decisions when I was growing up. most of my friends were doing drugs and dabbling and having fun and being recreation mm-hmm. and i just I was always from as my youngest memory I can think like i don 't want to fail in life yeah so i don 't and I never mm-hmm. felt this is going to sound um negative against myself but this is just what i was telling myself from the get-go i i would i was thinking like i'm not very bright like i don't i don't excel in my mind i don't excel physically like i need every freaking chip that i can stack in my Mm -hmm. favor so i'm just gonna pay attention i'm gonna you know be as clean as i can and work as hard as i can and just one foot in front of the yeah. other. Isn't
3: that wild though, that you can be raised in the same scenario and, and my fam- family dynamic is, it's similar. You know, I come from five and we, I have, you know, very, very different paths yeah. from siblings, very different. And, and, you know, it's, it's like, okay, we were in the same setting, same guidance, same, and then just choices were different. Yeah. And how you made a choice different. Now probably it helped well not helped but it was it guided you a different way when you saw okay when they're starting to make the wrong decisions i know that's not the results that i want Mm
0: -hmm. yeah for sure i could see their friends i could see little things even right the shortcomings getting fired from jobs the running out of money like i can just see you can see three steps before the pitfall it's like you're leading yourself into a pitfall you know Mm. i mean and so it was just it was a good example of what not to do and and uh Yeah,
1: that's that's pretty good awareness though. It is. I mean, it sounds like you said at a young age, you knew you had to stack the deck. Oh, man, I remember lacking.
0: I my earliest memory of thinking I have to be ultra just ultra aware of my decisions and what I'm doing were probably fifth grade. Mm-hmm. sixth grade, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I can just remember I'd see other kids in class, like, yeah. he's smarter than I am, yep. she's smarter than I am. Like, when we go outside and we race, like, I'm not the fastest dude. Mm-hmm. When we are lifting weights, I'm not the
2: strongest guy. Like, I got to find your money. Yeah. 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 I've been there, too, same way. Like, I, I looked at my life, same awareness, saw the drugs that were in the neighborhood, saw people yep. going down a certain path, and I, thought, I told myself at a very young age, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I'm going to be different from from that. So I just tried to find my strength. What was my strength? Tackling people. Shit, yeah. I can do that all day. Yeah, like, can, <laughs> yeah. that's one Especially thing. I can if I can't hit a to. pass ball, but damn, I can tackle you. So yeah. that, that's great. But going into your high school years, what was your what was your high school years like? As far oh. as were you a smart kid? Were you a kid no. that? Intrigued? No, I was in I was
0: in um, like remedial classes all through high school. Mm-hmm. Like I never had algebra. Never had. Um, I was always in some sort of reading group. I never took a second language. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I skimmed through and gotten gotten some trouble. I, you know, had gotten some trouble with. I I can't handle bullying. So if right. I see somebody being bullied, it just drives me insane. Mm-hmm. And I want to, which is bad. Then I want to bully the yeah. bully. Right. So which is. <laughs>
3: You know, no, I think that, I think that's justice. I think yeah. that's <laughs> what it's defined as. Yeah. yeah well
0: I, I, some teachers didn't see it on no, no,
1: no, they can't
0: um but what's funny is I got in a pretty um I got in a pretty bad situation my senior year and I had to spend um I ended up having something like fifty days of in school suspension. Mm-hmm. Um my senior year. Wow. So nice. that you know, you come show up at the school and you go to a little room. Yep. Right. Little brick room and the football coach was in there yeah and um all i had all i could do was homework right uh-huh. there's nothing else to do but my homework and so i just started getting better grades and started kind of huh. See, you know, that like happens. i was always doing my homework yeah. but i was always distracted with yeah, yeah being outside and, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah,
2: that thing's happened. You kick someone's ass because you didn't tell that side of the story. So you must have kicked somebody's ass. Yep. And then they put you in that situation and then, right. gray's and, then right. gray's yep. and then your grades picked up. That's right. Yep. Up. That's That's right. Something yep. special.
1: So, so you, you got, got, you got to that. beat some ass and you got better better grades. <laughs> yep. Win-win all around. Yep. So <laughs> you mentioned,
3: though, you wanted to be outside. You know, you've mentioned, you know, in a lot of your videos and, you know, podcasts that you've done is outside from an early age, like that was just where you were drawn. Yeah. So when did that start? Was that from your parents? Was that from your dad? Did you have? I had a little bit, like my dad was, I I
0: always tell people that I'm not from a hunting family. Like Mm -hmm. my dad didn't really hunt. I would see him hunt once a year, something Mm -hmm. like that. But my dad liked alcohol when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And so I think going out and hunting with him was basically drinking with his buddies. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but he had a really cool, like, you know, I do believe 100% that this it lives in our DNA to want to be hunters, gatherers, yeah, yeah. to be outside, right? And innately, even using skills like playing football, it's your body and mind wanting to be a hunter, a warrior. Uh, you know, this is this is from our being in original tribes. Mm-hmm. And so, but my dad had a really great book collection that his parents bought him. You know he had an old walnut gun case he had guns he had some hunting equipment gear like old jackets and stuff that i would feel and touch and so where my mind wanted to go and the things that i you know thought about and dreamed about like i was finding in these books right so i didn't know exactly what i was going to do but i could see like pictures of the mountains you know pictures of an old man holding a big trout and like mm-hmm. you know Rifles and deer, and 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 he had he also had a lot of books on war. so I'd look at all this stuff that was militarily, you know, and look at all these, you know, battle paintings and things like that. And so I don't know, I I I got a lot of inspiration from it. Just immediately, mm. it immediately, it just, yeah. and I was completely intoxicated. Still am intoxicated with wildlife. Yeah, completely intoxicated. Even when I'm around other hunters, I was just in Kansas. Oh, I'm sorry, I was in Colorado yesterday, mm-hmm. and I saw a rattlesnake on the road, and I pulled over. And I was with a friend of mine and I'm checking this rattlesnake out and the rattlesnake's all coiled up and she's trying to strike me and, and he's just looking at me from the truck like, what are are you doing? (laughs) But I just couldn't, I didn't want to leave her like she was, it was a prairie rattler and it was a big one and, Mm. and, um, she just looks so gorgeous. And I'm looking at her eyes and her pits and her face and I'm looking at her tongue and her rattle and. It was just cool. It was, yeah. you know, and um, yeah. and he's like, "We got to roll, like you, you know, we got to go do other things. You, yeah. you got to not die, yeah. 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 So, yeah." But it's always been that way. Frogs,
1: snakes, yeah. Trees. I remember you
2: said mentioned the butterfly. You stopped a butterfly would stop you in your tracks. Stop me in my tracks.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Forgive my ignorance, but is Hartford, Connecticut, is there any outdoor?
0: no presence re- there at all not really but it was you know like in Connecticut there's housing developments and then little woodlots some mm-hmm. farm fields housing developments and so USP I would just in out
2: there in yeah. Bristol yeah yeah
0: and I would just yeah. disappear <laughs> and I still like people write me all the time and they're like I don't know if I can ever afford to go to Alaska I'm like you don't have to go to Alaska yeah. like this That's lives it. in your head yeah. yeah you can go on 10 acres of woods next to your mm-hmm. house and find everything that you need if somebody told me Hey, you have to hunt on this 10 acres next to your house or exist in this 10 acres the rest of your life and be like, all right, I'm going to figure this 10 acres out. I'm going to go find every bug, every bush, every snake, frog, bird, like, and it'll be enough.
2: You know, and it's weird because I spent a lot of time in in Hartford and in the Bristol area working at ESPN and, and I've been in Dallas for 20 some years. It's different. It's a, it's a lot different as far as nature is concerned. But I saw deer on the campus. Oh yeah, geese on campus. Yeah. You know, coyotes. You yeah. see a little bit of everything, and it's wooded. There's a lot to it. Yeah. Uh, out there if yeah. you just explore. If you pay attention.
0: That, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's most people aren't even
3: right. You know, looking around. But yeah. So okay. So in high school, you, you graduate. What was there a plan graduating high school? Is it still just like, hey, I'm still figuring this out. Figuring oh. out grades were better, but yeah. I, I don't,
0: Grades were better, um, still shooting from the hip, ended up going because all my friends were going to college or Mm -hmm. some variety. And so um, I applied to a two-year school, Mm -hmm. went and got an associate's degree. And I was working uh, I had two jobs. I was working as a veterinary assistant in a vet clinic because okay. I, liked, I liked all the blood and guts, too. What <laughs> was your
3: associates in was it or is it just a general
0: yeah, was, they called it a bioscience okay so like, uh-huh. I had some surgical classes, I had some you know anatomy and physiology, some uh-huh. easy mathematics, things like that uh-huh. and, then, um, and then a friend of mine one day uh, brought me a brochure for the University of Minnesota. Uh, College of Natural Resources, and there was a moose on the cover of this, oh, man. Of this pamphlet. <laughs> and so he brought it to me, he's like, check this out, you know, and I looked, and I was like, man, this is, I started looking at the class like mammology and ichthyology, which is study of fishes, and herpetology, and I was like, man, like, I, I could get into this, mm-hmm. you know, and and, um, and I went to the school with the help of my friend, because literally I would never do this, I don't think, on my own, <laughs> like, I never would have walked to the university and walked in, but I was encouraged to do so. And so I did. And literally the administrator, she's like, looked at my high school grades and she's like, not a chance. (laughs) (laughs) She literally looked at me and she was really nice about it. But she's like, Donnie, like turned her computer screen around. She's like, not, she's like, we're ranked third in the country right now for natural resources. She's Hmm. like, not a chance, Right? (laughs) (laughs) not a chance. And I was like, okay, so, what are we talking about? And she said, so she handed me a, she said, if you do this list of courses and it was freshman English, I had to take pre-algebra one, mm-hmm. pre-algebra two, geometry, trigonometry, pre-calc one, pre-calc two, Geef. um, sounds awesome. College algebra. Mm. I had to take a second language. I had basically, she gave me two years of classes right. and she's like, go take these two years of classes she's like come on back and reapply so mm-hmm. that's i did and you ended up taking those classes yep yeah, went and took the 2 years of classes right. and um, in a full on panic just you know working like literally college algebra the first day cuz i'd never even seen algebra in high school mm-hmm. you know like solving for x was just like
1: give me some shapes somebody put a letter
0: in the friggin' equation. So right. it's a mistake here. We have a numeric system. This is a math class. Somebody mixed the alphabet up. I was just like, mother <laughs> hubber. You know, and so then like started working through it and started kind of figuring it out and went to the tutors as much as I had to. But, and But why though? Like why was that so important to you to get to do all this work just to get into a literally thought it was the only way to keep my head above water. Mm-hmm. Right? Like without this. Like, I don't even know. I think about this now. I've thought about this multiple times. Like why it was never an option for me to swing a hammer or mm. like, I never, I, n- my mind never went that route. Like I was just like, I have to get educated. I have to do something higher. I have to, and then I started to, um, I started to realize a little euphoria when I would learn, mm. like I'd mm. learn an equation, you know, it's like, yeah, this is yeah. Like, I, I feel empowered with, what i have in my head right now like i can solve this problem i can solve for this like i could be an asset if somebody has (laughs) and that's how dumb i was i'm like if somebody has this as a problem this exact problem i can solve it. (laughs) it. like (laughs) i wasn't a problem solver but i was solving problems
2: right so So were you motivated like I, i i'm getting to were you motivated from within to 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 do what you wanted to do in life instead of just like you said swing a hammer
0: yeah, like I wanted to be around animals. Right. I wanted to see wildlife. I wanted to help wildlife. Like, if, you know, if it was funny because I always wanted to be, I always wanted to basically apply for a job, like as a mm. biologist and be like, hey, I'm, right. uh, I don't really mean this, but say, hey, I'm fearless. Like, you right. can put me anywhere. Like, if I have to swim with sharks, you need me to pick up rattlesnakes, like, mm. whatever you need me to do. Like, I can go and do it. I just, you know, I, I don't know the science side. And so I just wanted to, I don't know, I just wanted to line myself up as much as possible. Too. Yeah.
3: So it's funny. I And here's a question. A lot of, and then I'm going to lead into the question in a second. A lot of people go to college because they want to get a good job because they want to make a good living. Sounds like for you, was it, was it about quality of life? You just wanted to do yeah. what you loved? yeah, And you just had to have those certifications in order to do those things yeah. So it was about quality of life and not about yep income
0: yep uh, in fact in my first class and i and i there there are things about academics now that i can't stand like I, as i became more and more educated and saw the hoops that college students jump through and the hoops that master's students mm-hmm. jump through and phd students i'll just like man this is kind of a game yeah it is. Mm-hmm. like there are people that are really changing science there are people that are really advancing as medical doctors there are people that are really you know building cities and all these things i see the right. natural cream of the crop but everyone else is just we're a tuition payment right mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. so and then i see like the professors i could see like okay so your life sucked as an undergraduate. So now that you're a professor, this is just a little intellectual game for you to make our lives suck. Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, and so just Is like, that
2: because of the experiences, like the personal experiences you had outside of the classroom, like the natural experiences, like you ran into yeah, whatever it is and you saw it visually with your own eyes? A
0: hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I just started to realize that this was a little bit of a, a game. And so like I wanted to advance myself. I wanted to do the work to be around wildlife but it, I wasn't chasing dollars right yeah. I wasn't chasing an income but then as I would go through and see all these things I was just like man like what do cuz originally I'm like maybe I can get a if I can get an undergraduate maybe I can get a masters and then maybe I can get a PhD and then but once I was done with my undergraduate I was like no I'm I'm now I want to do things right
3: yeah on he my makes, own yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. cuz again I and that we've had this conversation about college right it's it's like okay we're literally going through four five seven years of school just to get a piece of paper and then you've got to learn actually how to do what you're right. trying to yeah. do that, right? there's yeah. there's no carryover
0: yeah and now like I have tons of people maybe the number one thing that people write me
3: is how do I get to
0: do what you're doing or mm-hmm. how do I get to do my version of what you're doing, whether that be football mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. architecture. And normally, like, the the younger version of myself would be like, oh, you know, you got to go to college. Mm-hmm. You got to buckle down. Mm-hmm. You have to work hard. And now I think, well, if you don't want to go to college, don't go to college. Like, mm-hmm. you should educate yourself for sure. Mm-hmm. You should definitely try to develop your finest skill at problem solving, whatever that problem may be. Mm-hmm. All of them, from mathematics all the way up to fixing your kitchen sink. Like you should try to dive into these things because you're going to diversify your mind. Mm -hmm. You're going to educate yourself. And what you're really going to find is what you want to do. Yeah. Because right now I see all these people that are coming at me. They write me these letters and they're like, so if I get a wildlife degree and then I get a film degree, can I do what you're doing? No. No. No, to do what I'm doing, you have to risk every penny you're ever going to make mm. and throw it at the wall and hope that something's going to come of it, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. hope that somebody's going to buy your work. Like, I essentially, when we started making films, like, I had to paint a painting and then sell it. So mm-hmm. if nobody buys the painting,
2: and it's you, ground zero, uh, back to the yeah. drawing board, right?
0: right? Yeah. And there's no, you know, there, I own my own company, and so no one was paying me. To do the painting, like mm-hmm. you know, I met a group of gentlemen who are super, super talented. I wish they could be here, um, doing this, um, but they fly in tomorrow. But um, you know, I m- met those guys, and I and I recognized the recipe. Mm-hmm. So I, I met um, our director at Sigmanta His name's Kyle Nicolay. He's a huge fan of yours, by mm-hmm. the way. Um, But I met him and... For those
3: who are listening, he pointed at Ben.
1: I was going to say, I appreciate appreciate that. Have him reach out to me. Yeah, we'll we'll get set up.
0: Um, And so he, you know, I I saw, I met him through a series, and we'll probably maybe get to this in the story, but I met him and he's a gifted, gifted storyteller, Mm -hmm. filmmaker. Mm. So I thought, okay, so whoever I am in real life, he can, like, I can work with him to develop a style and, uh, uh, you know, like a, um, to, to actually tell the story. Like, I can tell the story, but I can't put it into a visual yes. yeah. piece yeah. to yeah. actually, like, mm-hmm. bring people along. I can do it if I have a photograph. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we sat in here and you guys put 10 photographs up and said, all right, tell us about this photograph, I can tell you a story about it because I remember every little detail and I feel every little mm-hmm. detail, so I can tell you the story. But to see it in motion pictures, I, I don't know how to do that. Right. Yeah. So I met Kyle, and at the same time I met our director of photography, William Altman, And he's a very gifted photographer, um, videographer. Like, he just shoots beautifully. And so I thought, okay, so if he shoots it, I tell it, and then Kyle puts it into a movie form. Mm -hmm. And then we, and on the side, we had a musician that we were working with that in between gigs, he would help us score music. I thought, all right, now we have, now we yeah. can bake a cake. Now we can build a team and bake team. a cake and maybe somebody will buy the freaking cake. Yeah, mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. if we sell this cake, we can buy other ingredients to, and so that's kind of how you yeah. know, it got. To, and so when people write and they're like, Hey, what, sh- what should I do? Or this is what I want to do. I just tell them, I mean, if college is your thing, if you want it, there's no way to be a medical doctor mm-hmm. yeah. without going to medical school. It's, illegal. I mean, you might be able to pull it (laughs) off, but it's not going to be for very long. Even if you're really good at it. Mm. Um, and I have one friend who is an unbelievable lawyer, but he's never went to law school. He's never taken the
3: bar, but he is... is his name Mike Ross? No. From the show Suits? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's literally I don't even, and That's, I don't wanna- That's that show. It's about this guy who literally never went to school. He's a genius. Became a lawyer. Became a lawyer, yeah. illegally.
0: Yeah. Huh. And this guy, I don't want to say his name because he's very private, but he is... I mean, uh, we can talk about him later, but he yeah. is... He he owns multiple law firms, mm. multiple, mm. and he's never been to law school, never oh, taken the bar exam, and he's like he's it's in, he's that's, incredible. But he's yeah. but he's the you know the one hundredth percent. Right, you, know, you can't yeah, be sure. like I want to do what that guy yeah, does. Right. Like, well, yeah, it's Jordan. Yeah, you he's just weren't born with yeah, it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so, but but that's but that's a a great point. Is that you know for those maybe that are in college Mm -hmm. or about to get into college that are listening. I mean, to be intelligent doesn't mean you have to have a degree to be successful. Doesn't mean Uh, you have to have that. Now, again, like you said, there's certain things that, okay, Hey, this is the path that I do have to take. I'm really passionate about being an attorney or I'm really passionate about being a doctor or, uh, you know, getting into education, right? There's Certain things that, that it calls for, like my wife, we were talking the other day, and it's funny, you said, you, what, the advice that you gave, you got to risk it all. She wants to be, she's always wanted to be a nurse, mm-hmm. right? And, and we were talking to my oldest daughter. We took her to dinner last night, um, and, and uh, my wife was like, oh, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And my daughter's like, I don't, I don't really know yet. She goes, it's fine. And then she asked my, my wife, and my wife was like, oh, if I could be anything right now, I'd be a nurse. I would do anything to be a nurse. And I looked at her, I go, would you go to school? She goes, no. I was like, so you wouldn't do that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but but your point is is it, what are you willing to do for your dream? What yeah. are you willing to do to accomplish mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Because in order to, and I believe that this is something that you said. This was in um, uh, comfort crisis. Michael Easter was talking about it. Said like one of you. I think it was your favorite quote is um, uh, everything is so much more enjoyable the harder it is yeah. to achieve it. Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing, but something yeah, yeah. along those lines, like the harder you work for it, the more rewarding it is when yeah. you get it. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the truth, is if you are risking everything to get to your dream, what you're passionate, what you're passionate about, I mean it's so rewarding when you get to the other side. The hard part is is figuring out what, what that dream is. is. Yeah, and that
0: and that's the thing. That's what I yeah. tell people is get diverse examples of work and um inspirations, like go do a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Travel if you have to or go work as a, you know, maybe go work as a carpenter one summer and then go work mm-hmm. as a fisherman right, yeah. one summer and then try to, get a, try to get an internship under a medical doctor or a lawyer or whatever. Like, just go and, especially if you don't know. Right, if you yeah. don't know what you want to do, like, you, because if you find exactly what you want to do, mm-hmm. and a lot of people say this too, like, if you find exactly what you want to do, and you are truly passionate about it, people will pick up on that. You don't yeah, have to yeah. tell them how passionate mm-hmm. you are. Yeah. So people tell me, the guys will write me, and they'll be like, I'm addicted to hunting. I, it's all I think about. How do I get a job in the hunting industry? No one cares that you're addicted to hunting. Yeah. No one cares that it's all you think about. Do something that kind of mm. illustrates that you're addicted to hunting, and you're not really addicted to hunting, I don't think although i i maybe know some guys that are but that's short-sighted right there's something bigger than that you know Mm -hmm. like like um i don't know it's just there's a reason you want to be a hunter there's a reason maybe you want to be a football Mm -hmm. player whatever it is that you're doing like you're gonna find the vein that Mm -hmm. is the the skeletal system of what you're kind of focusing on and then people are it's going to be infectious right People, literally, you'll be at a party and somebody will grab your shirt and drag you over to another. Be like, tell them. Tell them about yeah. the car you built. Tell them about that car you built. Yeah. You know, and, and some guys not, you know, if you're amazing at restoring cars or building cars or engineering cars, you're not going to get anywhere by writing somebody saying, hey, I'm addicted to cars. You know, what, what can yeah. I do? No, yeah. it's going to be at a party or somewhere and somebody will be like, hey, hey, Darren, come here. Tell them about mm-hmm. that Chevelle you did. Mm-hmm. Tell them what you did. And then you're going to tell it. And then some other guy's going to be in the room and be like, "Um, I own a space company and I know it's not a car, but I really could use
1: uh, the way you thought about that
0: car. I need somebody to think about spaceships that way. And then in 10 years, you're like, yeah, I, I build rockets. And somebody's like, how do you get to do that? I'd be like... Yeah, I don't know. I met a guy at a party. <laughs> but really those inspirations, yes, those yeah, hard line, yeah. the things that are really keep you awake at night, yeah, will lead to what like yeah. I I didn't want to be a filmmaker. I don't wanna make movies. I don't even freaking know how to use cameras. Yeah. Like I know what's pretty. Yeah. I know the things that I wanna
3: see. Like I was But why? Because you've experienced it and you've seen it. And I've seen it.
0: And I see things that stop me in my tracks. You know, like I'll be walking through a prairie landscape and I just saw something the other day I'd never seen before again in Colorado. Mm -hmm. I got stung by a bee. And when I got stung by a bee, it made me start paying attention. And I noticed, and I don't know the species, I have to look it up, but I noticed I was surrounded by thousands of honeybees. And they, were all, they all had burrows into the ground. Where I was in Colorado, there's zero trees where I was. It literally is right on the Kansas border. It's flat as a pancake. There's some cottonwood trees in the river mm. bottom, but the beehive was under the ground. And I know there's a lot of bees that burrow oh, under the ground, but yeah. I'd never seen honeybees or under the ground. Usually, honeybees live in a wall or right. a tree, or they're yeah. building a hive yeah. and something. You know, like everyone's
2: watched Winnie the Pooh. You sure you didn't get bit by a bee that was pollinating on a mushroom or something? And <laughs> maybe, maybe and <laughs> I just saw <laughs> holes in the system. ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, so it was gnarly,
4: but it, but it
0: stopped me in my tracks. And the other two guys I were with, they kind of like scooted along. They didn't want to be stung. But I was like, oh, this is fascinating. You know, when I got down, but it's it's just that, right? Yeah, and, you know, I don't. I'm not an entomologist. I don't want to be an entomologist. But those bees, right then, like, right, yeah. So, so
2: let's go, let's, let's go back because you, you yeah. talked about experiences and, and experiencing things in your life. So you graduate from, you move on from college yep. or you go two years, how many years you go in college? Um, so what? I
0: did, so I did the two year associates, associates. I did the two years to get into the degree and then I did four years to get my degree. Okay. So you end up so getting eight. Yeah. So you end up so getting, thank you for doing, A lot of, for doing that for Darren. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people go to school yeah. for eight years. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, they're
1: called doctors. You will not go to school for eight years. I was the only one crying during Tommy Boy. He's talking about me. He's talking about me.
2: (laughs) So what was the experience? You get out of school. What was the experience? What was your first experience? Did you take a job somewhere or did you instantly go into? No, I did.
0: um, This is kind of crazy, but at the end of my degree... Uh, like when, when people are going to the College of Natural Resources, they go to this place called Douglas Lake in Michigan. And it's kind of a um, it's kind of a techniques course. Uh-huh. You radio collar and like you trap animals, you put radio collars on them and you know, you go out and triangulate them. You are doing vegetation studies, kinda of taking your bookwork. And dumping it into practical, practical, yeah. physical applications yeah. so that if you go get a job at the, you know, Dallas fishing game or whatever, you know, you can actually say, yeah, hey, I've done right. vegetative studies. I've done some um, radio telemetry, things like that. So we were at this course and every year the University of Michigan would radio collar multiple raccoons. And then the University of Minnesota, and then the University of Minnesota, University of Michigan, they'd study the movements of these raccoons, which is hilarious because sometimes you'd literally triangulate them in a dumpster. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> there's Philip right there. You say, hey, I see you eating pizza. Right. And so, like, we do
0: all this stuff. Well, at the end of the year, at the end of the summer, the University of Michigan captures the raccoons, and then the University of Minnesota is tasked with catching the raccoons to get the collars back. Mm. Okay so okay. if we don't get the raccoon we don't get the collar back the collar just falls off after a time right it has a a piece of bio in it that rots right. so it just rots away and then eventually falls off the raccoon but i was working under a professor named dr david smith he's a tiger ecologist studies tigers all over the world mm. and so he basically orchestrated me and another guy and he goes hey every collar that we get back, I get to kind of rub it in the nose of the Michigan, Michigan professor. A little, so, a like, healthy rivalry there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, wow. he's like, you two, me and another guy that I went to school with, he's like, you two take first crack at catching the raccoons. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right. So, we have to go out at night, triangulate them, and then set traps of what we think they're going to do, and then try to capture them. Uh. So, we went out, and I think ever they've only caught one. Like one of the three or four has only been caught ever.
1: Wow! Huh. Right, the
0: other one's just the collar swallow. So, but we went out in one night. We triangulated these things, found them there in the forest. They're doing raccoon things, but we set <laughs> traps for them, and we ended up catching all of them Please in explain. one night. <laughs> so we caught them, we all, caught in them one. all. We how caught many, them all, in one night. all. There's three. There's three. three. Okay, we all caught right. five raccoons in one night. All three were the, and we got the three radio collar ones. Wow! Huh.
3: So that's awesome. The Tiger
0: ecologist. We we're at like kind of an after party. We we're all getting ready to be done for the end of the summer, and and um, he's like, "Hey, I'm going over to Bangladesh and Nepal <laughs> to study tigers this summer. Do you want to go with me?" I was like, "Yep, yes, I do." <laughs> yep. Hell to the no. yep. So that was my he first was experience. It I because went to Bangladesh. caught raccoons. <laughs> kind of yeah. I mean, yeah. again, it's one he of said, those this things. This can't like, be that hard at a party. it yeah. this cannot <laughs> be Got that one. hard. Got one. So and it's really funny. This guy is like. Indiana Jones. He's in his seventies. He's, I'm. He's a bad dude. Oh, you got go to finish a- this story. <laughs> yeah.
2: So you go. So
0: so I go into the um, dining hall in the morning, and he's gray, and he, you know, he's got his reading glasses on. He's doing. He's the guy's always working. Like literally, it's been published a million times. So he's working, and I walk in in the morning, and he, he looks up, and he looks like Santa Claus. Right, his yeah. glasses are on it, and he goes,
4: <laughs> "How do we do?"
0: I go yeah. Um, I go how many were radio collared? And he goes um, three. And I go yeah. And he goes you caught all three? And I go yup. Yeah. And he goes well he swore uh-huh. he's like mother. Oh,
2: yeah. oh you can swear. On
0: yeah that. he's like yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> right. He's like Are you kidding me? And I was like yeah. Ca- caught all yeah. And he's like Ugh. and he's just pumped. <laughs> 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 yep so then uh he offered me a job i mean i you know i wasn't paid i just went for the experience but Uh to study tigers in bangladesh Bangladesh. okay
2: then let's go down to bangladesh that's a scary real
3: real quick up to this point how much hunting and tracking and trapping have you had you done oh almost none okay so so you hadn't gotten really into hunting at this point yet i
0: just spent as much time as possible outside outside catching fish catching snakes like again okay. just absolutely absorbed with i mean like i remember i feel like i need to self-edit some of these stories but <laughs> i remember i met girls when i was growing up you know and they wanted to hang out and i'd be like yeah i'm well i'm going to basically kind of roll logs over you want to <laughs> go see what's on our logs Want join? <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> all right you i'll go by it. myself again <laughs>
1: don't talk Your to me sucks. sir <laughs>
2: Let's go find some rattles.
1: Rolling so, logs. What does that really mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Metaphorically. So, um,
0: so yeah, Bangladesh is gnarly. It is, um, and again, this guy that I was researching with, he's, I mean, literally. So one day when we're in Michigan, he takes his shirt off, this guy, and he's got holes in his abs. Like it looks like one of us has sewn up his mm-hmm from a surgery it's so bad and i asked him i was like what happened he's like oh i got gored by a rhino i was like oh okay and he literally was walking to the jungle one day with his son and an asian rhino attacked him and his son he threw his son into a tree and the rhino gored him and he played dead when he was done he picked up all of his guts because his guts were out he picked up all of his guts grabbed his kid, and then went back to the village. They flew him from, that was in Nepal. They tried to do work on him in Nepal, and his wife is a famous um, ornithologist, and she flew in to see him, and she's like, he looked like hell, and so she had him flown from Kathmandu, I think, to Bangkok, and then they redid a surgery in Bangkok and, like, fixed him. But he's a gnarly mm. dude. Uh, Cause he's like been gored by a rhino. He's like, yeah, I got gored by a rhino. You know? Just this that simple, like yeah. that. I had to pick up my guts and to pick so that's, just, like, that's
1: officially the gnarliest story we've like ever heard done, on this yeah. podcast. I'm done. Like I quit. <laughs> this There's guys, no way. He's Dude. incredible.
0: And w- we would be going through. You know, we flew into. So. So he was going before <laughs> me. Um, so I go into his office and I'm. I said, okay, Dave. This is all going to sound like lies, but everything I'm telling you is true. Yeah. So I go into the office. and I'm like, so where do I meet you? How do, how do I get there? You know? And he's like, okay, yeah, great, great question. So he takes out a half a piece of notebook paper. He's like, you're going to fly from Minneapolis to, um, I'm trying to think of where I flew now. I flew from Minneapolis to Tokyo, Tokyo to Bangkok, Bangkok to... A place called Jashur in in Bangladesh mm-hmm. and then from Jashur to a place called Dhaka. I think it's the capital. <laughs> he's like, when you get out, when you when you're get done with Dhaka, he's like, You're gonna take a cab down to this town. And he's like, and then I'll no, I went from Dhaka. I'm sorry, I flew into Dhaka, then I went from Dhaka to Jashur. Mm-hmm. So he's like, In Jashur, I'll find you. I'll That's find, it? I'll I'll find, find you? you. I'll find you. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So I flew from Minneapolis to Tokyo. I was in Tokyo for just a couple of hours, flew to Bangkok. I was, I overnighted in Bangkok, which was it's just gnarly. Just mm. all the people and just mm. everything. I, it was insane. And I got to my hotel at like three o'clock in the morning, slept for a couple of hours. The next morning flew to Dhaka, getting off the airplane in Dhaka. I was like, well, first of all, I talked to his wife before I left. And um, her name is Francie Cuthbert, and I talked to her, and I was like, "So, Francie, what's Bangladesh like?" And she said, "Well, no one goes there on vacation."
4: Mm,
0: mm. I I was like, "That's not a good tagline." Yeah, Yeah." (laughs) she's like, "No one would travel there unless they're doing something in the militarily or doing research. Mm -hmm. No one would go there." I was like, "Oh, okay." And I get off the airplane, and I see like, I mean, it was it was a bad dream. It was machine guns. Everyone had a machine Mm. gun. Tons of screaming. I just felt like I was in a horrible, horrible movie. Right, right, getting off the airplane, you know? And I was like, everyone that was holding machine guns seemed really pissed off. And everyone that was getting off the airplane, if they weren't, like, the Bangladeshis just seemed to, like, go about their business, but, like, you know and i was only only white guy in the airplane, right. like by times 10 so it was going to be easy to find i was the only white guy in the airport yeah. times 10 right like, oh this is how it's we'll <laughs> easy find to him. find you that's how i find you so i you know and i went up to the security guard and he had an ak and he's screaming at me and so i didn't kind of negotiate my way through security cuz they didn't want to let me in the country at all mm. and so um then my professor says you go from this airport he goes, you'll see these big gates, and it'll be these towers with machine guns. He's like, go through the gate, walk over to the domestic airport. You're in the international airport. you got to walk to the domestic airport. And then you take a domestic flight down to Jashur. Mm. And I was like, okay. So I start walking through these gates, and one of the security guards is like, hey, 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 where are you going? I'm like, I'm walking to the, to the domestic airport. He's like, they'll kill you. You go out this gate, they'll shoot you dead. And I was like, okay, so how do I get there? <laughs> He's like, you have to get in a car, and then the car will drive you around. I'm oh like, okay, gosh. I'll do that. So I go over to the car. Again, this is all true. And mm. there's a guy in a cab, and he, I can't even get him to give me eye contact. Mm. Like, he's sitting at the car. He's Bangladeshi, and I'm, excuse me, and he's just like, will not even look out his window. Security guard comes over. He's like, is there a problem? I go, I, I just, he's not responding to me. Security guard goes over, or policeman, whatever, goes over to the cab. Smashes the cab driver in the head with his elbow, maybe two or three times, maybe twice. Boom, boom. Guy's bleeding from the temple, and he's like, "He'll take you now." And I got in the back seat, and the dude drove me to the airport, and didn't even collect any fare. And I got out, and I was like, "How much?" And he just drove off. Oh,
2: damn,
3: was it?
0: I mean, do you think it was just because you were a white guy, you were an American? (laughs) Do you think, or is just I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't think it had anything to do with my skin color. I mean, everyone there. I mean, literally, it was a sea of eyes going. You know, because mm. I don't even know if some some of them have seen. You know, wow. a white guy. You know, and wow. And uh, mm. then I went and got in the domestic. And you're like, you're getting on the airplane. And you're like, this thing's not taking there off. No, right. like there's no yeah. way. like you go. You come from an airplane in the United States. Yeah. Uh, uh in Japan, in Bangkok, like everything is pretty good no one waits in line other than americans we're right. the only ones that go orderly fashion but all the airplanes are yeah this is fine you and, know and at mean?
2: no time do you ever think uh i need to turn back like i didn't know no no i'm going
1: like <laughs>
0: maybe
2: <I'm> freaking going
1: <laughs> how old were you at this point again 20 yeah in my
0: 20s yeah in my 20s and um and then i so i flatted you shore. i get and then i take a car down to this area that he told me like this region to be in i get there and it's like 1 30 in the morning mm-hmm. this guy comes over to me again this is a true story guy comes over to me on a rickshaw you know the you know oh, motorcycle he, or what yeah, is it? Uh, like a three-wheeled bike uh-huh. yeah. and he's gonna pedal me and he goes yeah can i where where can i take you and i was like no i'm i'm waiting right here i'm supposed to wait right here he's like no 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 you can't he's like late at night he's like where where you need to go i was like no and he's like are you in a hotel and i didn't even know if there was a hotel and i said no i don't know i'm just meeting a guy here so he rode off, and he came back two, or two more times and asked me again, like, where can I take you? So I'm just sitting there, at like, 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, this is mm. – I don't even know what's going on right now. And, and I'm exhausted, right, because right. I've been traveling for a few days. And all of a sudden, here comes a land cruiser. and there's at a, 2 in the morning. Yep, there's a driver, there's my professor, <laughs> and, and some other Bangladeshi biologists. And I was like, man alive. So they picked me up, and um, and then I go – I go, yeah, you know, I'm so excited to see you guys. Like, this is unbelievable, you know? And and I was like, yeah, that guy with the rickshaw over there, like, I could still see him. And I was like, yeah, he came two or three times. And the driver's like, oh, he was going to murder you. He's like, yeah, those guys are all, they're all thieves. And he's like, so if you would have gotten in the rickshaw, he's like, basically, they just ride behind the buildings over here. He rings a bell. They guys jump out, stab you to death. And he's like, they take your bag. He's like, you have more money in your bag right now in gear than they can make in the next like 10 years. Oof.
2: He's like, they were going to murder you. Hey, did you happen to ask the professor? Like, why didn't you tell me like <laughs> half of this shit? See, he did, I... it
0: was all like, he gave me a half a piece of paper. And it was funny cause I went and bought, and I feel like I might be embellishing this a little bit, but I went and bought a book on Bangladesh on traveling in Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. And basically in the book, it said, don't take a bus, uh-huh. try not to fly. Don't get in cabs. Like, it's basically like, don't travel in Bangladesh. Yeah, I was like, just <laughs> don't, don't. Go don't here. <laughs> do, don't do this. Shortest book
3: ever. Yeah.
0: Because there's, they, they, there's a ton of kidnapping there. Yeah. So I was just like, man, alive. They kidnap. That's one of the things they do is they kidnap you for ransom. And if there's no ransom, they just, like anyone that's kidnapped is getting killed. Like, there's, no, there's no light at the other side.
1: So, after that... So, tigers were nothing. Yeah, yeah. tigers. Compared, I mean, once this. we
0: got into the jungle, then it was... You great. were safe. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. It was <laughs> in the city. That that's... Was. That's a
2: great. So, wow. that was only, my first... But I even want... I want... Like, you got us there. Now, I even want to know... Like, I've always been thrilled about... Specifically about animals that... that Can kill you? Can kill you. Oh, yeah. Hey, you're... Now, you're in the jungle. Yes. What is your goal? What are you there for?
0: So, and I'll tell you right off the bat because everyone asks me and everyone's always super disappointed but i never even saw a tiger oh Mm. bummer but i was getting i was a few times i was basically like in this room with a tiger but i couldn't see them because the jungle was too thick so we could see where they had stepped and when they would step this is a place called the sunderbonds it's the world's largest mangrove swamp Mm -hmm. so it's a series of islands and channels and when a tiger would step they're um, prints they call pog marks would fill with water mm-hmm. so a few times we were in the jungle moving around we'd find a pog mark that was just dimpling with water the water was oh, just, just starting so it's within uh, like 30 seconds 20 seconds it's like full. That. so he's right here Jeez. you know but I, it's just too can't thick see to see it. him yeah it's dense, dense like it's a wall a physical wall plus you can't go like there's Saltwater crocodiles and bull sharks and cobras. Not gators, crocodiles. Crocodiles. Oh, yeah, they'll eat you. Like I was washing my feet one day because we did everything from a boat. We lived on a boat. We lived on a boat that would sink. Every day we would have to bail this big boat out. That we
2: lived on. Dude, I'm like. Dude, I'm you lost. won't even stay in a La Quinta. <laughs> I'm lost. I'm much lost. less like, a, a I'm boat. Gonna, you see me? <laughs> I'm squirming over here, man. And then I we would get even. on these little
0: things that looked like gondolas and we would drive down all these canals. And basically, we were every time a tiger would cross the canal, that was an event, right? Not seeing the tiger, but the tracks. Mm-hmm. So that would be an event. And then you'd see, okay, there's another rent, another rent. And basically, we're using all of these crossings. <clears throat> to come up with some idea of what the population we think might be in this area of the Sunderbonds. Mm. They're trying to map out because the tigers are hunted still. They're poached. And, you know, yeah. so like they're super endangered. There's more people. A lot of people know mm. the statistic, but there's more tigers in captivity in Texas mm. than live in the wild.
1: Hey guys, want to take a quick break from part one of our two part conversation with Donnie Vincent and thank our sponsor Choctaw Casino Resort. We've been talking about it for months now. Uh, The brand new expansion is here. Uh, Go check that out. Also, wanted to remind you guys that coming up this weekend on the 27th and the 28th, on the 27th, you got Carrie Underwood with the Swan Brothers performing. And then on the 28th, you got the hilarious Gabrielle Iglesias uh, performing there on the 28th. So go to Choctaw Casino and, uh, and Resort website, book your tickets, go up there, check out the new expansion. Now, back to our episode.
3: So, so uh, are there, uh, in this area, what's the population, like the human population out where you're... Oh,
0: zero. Zero, okay. Zero, okay. there's, there's, there's um, and, and people are like, there's little villages here and there, but mm-hmm. I mean, negligible, right? Okay. There's, there's honey collectors, guys that literally run through the jungle following honeybees back to the mm-hmm. hive, and then they grab, they steal all the honey from the bees, and then they go back to the market and sell it. Mm-hmm. Then there's palm cutters. They go and cut these huge palm leaves, and because that's what they thatch their roofs with. Oh, so yeah. they'll go cut all these things. Then they go back to the town and they sell them to mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's fishermen that are there catching fish for, for the market for food. And those are the three types of people that are basically taken
3: all the time by tigers. I know? was going to say, and that was going to be the, yeah, they're the, the, killed they all actually the time. killed from all the, the time. Tires, yeah.
0: yeah. Tigers are taking these people, especially the honey collectors, the guys that run through the woods or run through the jungle, falling to bees. Like they get taken
3: all the time. That's wow. Yep absolutely insane so how long were you out studying on this this Um, particular trip
0: there i think we were in bangladesh for a month Uh or slightly longer and then we went to nepal after that
3: okay Mm -hmm. so and um, tigers there as well
0: tigers in nepal as well totally different experience in bangladesh we were in the swamps working from boats and believe it or not um we worked on the backs of elephants every day in nepal Mm -hmm. so but um, the reason I made that face is when you we, were
3: not lying, Indiana Jones, that's like uh, real life, Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones. And so
0: like, um, I got to my cabin late at night. We we're, we flew into Kathmandu and then we drove down to the mm. Royal Chitwan national Forest. But when I got to my cabin late at night, there was a, this is one of those things where you just feel like a moron, but there's all these stairs going up next to my cabin and there was a platform looked like a deck, you know? And I was like, oh, I wonder what they're building.
2: Uh-huh.
0: It's clearly not done. I wonder what they're building. But that's how I would get on my elephant every day. It was an elephant <laughs> platform. To, oh, yeah. So the elephants didn't have to kneel down every right. time. I would yeah, literally go up the ones. stairs uh. and just get on the elephant. And I had a, a driver. And then they, we had a bunch of tigers that were already radio collared, and then we would just follow them around in the jungle because the grass is, like, as tall as this ceiling in here. Mm-hmm. So if we, if we walked around, the tigers would just kill you. Yeah. Oh Damn. So, man. so we're going to ti- be up
2: above them. What are the tigers hunting? Like, everything, anything? or yeah. what, what Their
0: biggest thing was spotted deer, axis deer. Like, you guys mm-hmm. have them in, in mm-hmm. Texas here in yep. Exotics. But um, more spotted south, deer, yeah. they eat a lot. And then they mm-hmm. would take, like, in Nepal, there are a lot more people yeah, than okay. in Bangladesh. And so, like, you know, like, one of the villages I got to, there's these, <laughs> like, five little, you know, Nepalese kids running through the jungle, you know, playing. Like, mm-hmm. any of our kids would be playing. And I'm just like. And alive, they look like little McNuggets running
1: around. Yeah, right?
0: literally. And the parents, you know, the parents are paying attention, like every. But still, like the kids get taken, the parents, uh, adults get taken. Like,
1: wow, we're scared to have our so, kid play even five feet from the street. I know. These, these yeah. kids literally, are running around yeah. with tigers, tigers, and they're amazing.
0: Right. Like the tigers were amazing, you know. they're but they, they, they are, they are man eaters. There. Did they're you really, see
3: them in Nepal? No, nope. did not see nope. any in Nepal. Could see them then?
0: on the computer, but. You know, could see because their blips, but yeah, the grass, blips, yeah, was, the yeah. grass is just too... So, okay, yeah. so,
3: and, and this is naive, but Nepal, right? You've got Everest, and yep. then you've got jungle, yep. too. Yep, so okay.
0: Everest up north, and then, the like, the Royal Chitwan National Forest is in the, okay. in the south. And mm.
3: as the story goes, like, they
0: call it um, Death Valley, essentially. And um, in the early days, when when they'd have a prisoner that they wanted to put to death, they would literally take them down there and just release them. Like... <laughs> Save you're yourself. free. Go.
3: Yeah. So you're, you're not free. making it out. So <laughs> was the travel book on that area the same as Bangladesh? Um,
0: kind of the <laughs> big the big caution there was malaria. Like <laughs> um, malaria was pretty prolific. Oh, so you have the mosquitoes gosh. that you're dealing with. And same with in Bangladesh like the malaria. Bangladesh was like literally everything is trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. Everything wow. including, you know, some of the people
3: They're
0: pretty fired up.
3: So so you do this uh, yep. study excursion. Is, this is Is this your first long term? Yes. Travel. It wasn't even
0: long term, right? It was more like a summer internship, if you will. Okay.
3: But like thirty days out, out essentially in the wilderness doing stuff. So was that what kind of gave you the bug? Like I could do this. Like I could actually, I could be out. Maybe not obviously doing this, but I get to do what I love and be outside. Yeah, I mean, already I was feeling like. Yeah.
0: And I already knew. Like, I knew that I, yeah. could, I could do it. And, and my job, my first job after that was in Alaska for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Yeah. And one of the things they wanted to know was, like, I didn't, you know, they're not looking at my grades. Like, oh, yeah, you really, oh, I see. Yeah. You really excelled here. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I see. Th- they literally sat me down and, like, if we dump you off in the middle of nowhere for five months, are we going to have to come pick you up? Mm. You know? No. No. Uh, you, you know,
2: know. what? Uh, basically... Yeah. <laughs> I'll be fine. You, you know what? How hard is it to find someone like that? Like we got. There's got to be a book to say, "Hey, look, we got to find the craziest motherfucker ever <laughs> and figure out." Well, we if found he's him. willing. <laughs> if he's actually willing, <laughs> to do yeah, this it shit. was awesome. Hey, did yeah. he go to school?
3: Don't care. Don't, Don't care. care. Is he crazy. <laughs> he went. Kind of was like he that. went like to like Bangladesh. We just, Bangladesh. You know. He went to yeah. Nepal. Yeah.
2: This motherfucker, we get here. Yeah. Yeah. He'll do it.
0: Kind of <laughs> what it was like. Yeah. And it was, you know, and at first I was like, oh, this is. I was nervous. I'll be honest with you. Like I walked in the office the first day. We were in town before we went out to the bush and like, you know, all the other biologists were, you know, lack of a better term, like alpha males, like mm. like basically Navy SEAL version of and actually one of them was a Navy SEAL, but Navy SEAL version of biology. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. mm. these guys were like, we fix boat motors, we get stranded, we some of us drown, some of us die in airplane crashes, mm. like some of us get mauled by bears, like and there was no, like, I walked, there's zero help. Like, you know, when I met these guys, it wasn't like, oh, you're the new guy. Yeah, let me show you around. Mm-mm, no, <laughs> it was like throw you in the fire and then see what you've got. And then after words are like, oh, yeah, you, you know, you can come back mm-hmm. You can hang out. We'll go fly fishing with you or hunting. we going to make whatever. sure you're going to be
3: around. Right. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. these guys were like, I mean, instantly just riding you
3: instantly. Yeah. Like, you're Sounds a like punk. a locker room.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh.
3: yeah but it was, it was so not... you so you go to alaska mm-hmm. and what was what was your first excursion um, study there salmon stunning okay. salmon
0: for the u.s fish and wildlife service doing um it's called fecundity basically mm-hmm. uh, salmon would return to the their natal streams and mm-hmm. then seeing how well they were doing in a system got it counting them speciating them aging them and then taking genetic how are mm-hmm.
3: you counting like You you obviously you're, you're in a river, right? But there's hundreds, if not thousands, thousands, right? Yep. So how are you counting actually counting? You literally
0: have a keyboard in front of you with all the different species on it. And literally everyone takes a shift and you work the entire day when the sun is up. Mm -hmm. So literally you're working till midnight every night and you're you're starting north. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And you're starting your day at 5am because you can't restrict the fish. Right. So yeah. at night, you're not letting them through because the whole river is blocked off. Okay. Like we are stopping. Mm-hmm. The fish cannot make it up the river. They have okay. to go through these little channels, these little gates. So you're literally sitting over the keyboard of species and you're like, there's a king, there's a chum, there's a sockeye, silver, 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 king. Yeah.
2: And you're seeing them from literally just from depth, feet, from like, feet? Literally really? right
0: there. They're swimming in this crystal clear water, swimming right between your legs essentially. And and the species come back kind of at different times. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the kings come first. So, but you have to, you know, you're being aware though, right? Because you're sitting there going king, 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 king. Holy shit. A sockeye just swam through. Like sockeye and like, <sighs> mm-hmm. you know, and you're speciating these things. But way more what you're doing than speciating is collecting samples. Mm. So you're letting a certain percentage through, and the other percentage, you're actually jumping in the river with them, catching them, taking samples of them, length, measurements, everything, and then letting them go again. Got it. Mm. Yeah.
3: <sighs> and so how long were you up there doing that?
0: Literally, you'd, I'd fly up to Alaska in um, beginning of June, and I'd fly home in October. Okay. Yep. And most of that time, I stayed in a two-person North Face tent. Literally, you know like a little yellow gumdrop
2: is that the first time you experienced the, the, the weather the
0: yeah i mean yes like that was it was more so was not not so much the weather it was the bugs yeah yeah it so. was i mean literally you literally have to run around when you pee or i mean if you stop to pee you'll have hundreds of mosquitoes on your penis mm. hundreds in, mm. I mean, depending <laughs> on your penis, on. I guess it could be thousands. <laughs> yeah, well, that's for, true. For, wow. Yeah, for <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Teens. Teens. <laughs> <laughs> How many mosquitoes you have? <laughs> yeah. yeah, So uh, when, when you're in your tent and it's not raining, it sounds like it's raining because they're trying to get in. No Good. way. Mm. Uh, yeah wild drives you if you want it to it i mean literally drive you nuts
2: you would think that with the free i mean as cold it is no as it's it like is.
0: 100 degrees in the summer, summer? like yeah.
2: out on the tundra where
0: i was it's super hot in the summer mm-hmm. only the coat like coastal alaska is really nice in the summer it's 50 degrees and in the winter time it's 35 40 degrees there's very little shift but interior alaska negative 50 in the winter and 100 degrees in the summer oh, the mm. massive swings so. yeah
3: yeah gosh okay so you i'll call it off season so you're up there in alaska you come home what's what's it like when you're at home are you getting into i would
0: work in um cardiovascular surgery i'd work in um i worked in a not not surgery i worked in a cardiovascular catheter lab so i assisted doctors in doing angiograms angioplasties electrophysiology studies things like that
1: i knew you the dozakis man the most interesting (laughs) man in the world (laughs) good
3: night okay so at have you started picking up hunting? Is that something at this Oh yeah, point, yeah. This now point, I'm, now you're like okay.
0: Yeah, now uh, literally like these jobs, you know the hospital job certainly is is. I mean I was fascinated by the human body, mm-hmm. fascinated by doing CPR and like seeing somebody not bleeding to that, but bleeding badly to where like the doctor's calling you and going hey this guy's bleeding super bad like you you control the bleed bleeding you know i'm working on this Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was exciting to be a part of that that kind of team and to help people and i i did cpr a lot when i was in the hospital because they because i was able-bodied so they like they if they had a patient coding and i was in the next room over they'd be like hey send donnie over and go and do chest compressions and Mm -hmm. so it was really cool i got to really get good at cpr because in that instance, we're doing an angiogram. So we're literally photographing the heart. We're pushing dye through their femoral artery or through mm-hmm. their jugular. And so we're literally seeing their heart beating. So the doctor's looking at a screen. He's going, more pressure, Donnie, more, a little bit faster, right, right there. Do that. Keep beating his heart. And, like, they're working on to save this guy, and I'm just literally beating his heart for him. And, you know, and oh so gosh. it was really cool to do that stuff and to work with these incredible people. The doctors and nurses were so smart and such badasses, and they – you know would teach me as much as i could absorb in that time and so that was to pay bills Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know the biology work was to like that's what i thought my career was going to be but Mm -hmm. really quickly and i Mm -hmm. mean really quickly i saw like i worked with this guy named frank harris he's an awesome biologist another guy named ken gates but i saw these guys they worked themselves in just a short time out of the field Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. like i want to be a field biologist but a field biologist is like the punk yeah. of biology entry right level yeah if you excel you end up in an office mm. or at a university which mm. sounds horrible to me yeah, so right. Right. right away i was I like oh dear god like yeah. there's you know it's one of those things where you're like i went to law school and then you're like i hate being a lawyer, lawyer yeah. yeah you know yeah, but yeah. you know it's kind of because you don't know anything about being a lawyer until you that's what i mean in the beginning we were talking about like find what you want to do mm. well rather than be like i'm going to be a lawyer you should go work at a law firm for a summer or two mm, summers yeah. or three summers and be like, do you really want to be oh, a lawyer? Sure. Cause yeah. you might hate law. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you're right. up there now in Alaska. Like I'm not trying to get out of the field. So, uh, shark dolphin. <laughs> yeah. <salmon. laughs> yeah. Another killer whale. Yeah. I um, guess I got to
0: stay. No. And I, I knew that something else was coming, but yeah. And I was hunting as, as much as possible. Like yeah. literally that it, owned me at that point yeah. right just going to different places seeing the bears seeing the caribou um the northern lights like i mean literally mm. in, in but top, your perspective in of
2: hunting and even when reading the book your your perspective of hunting is is different than just just taking an animal right oh I yeah mean,
0: yeah i mean, mean i i'm 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 a a hare from being a non-hunter like i could yeah. you know like if somebody came to me someday and it i mean i live for it but mm-hmm. still like killing an animal is really difficult. For
2: talk
3: to talk tacos yeah. about that
2: because how
0: yeah, did that you're start? A
3: biologist, right? Yeah. Like you study animals and that's, it was, it's an interesting dynamic to think like, okay, Hey, I'm, I'm studying to preserve, to grow mm-hmm. the population of these mm-hmm. animals. Right. And then also hunting. And I, and I understand it, yep. but I think, I think just to the general public, and I'm sure you've had these conversations all the time, oh, right? Yeah, like
0: many times, why,
3: right? you know, why hunting and, But it's great because you are on both sides, right? And you can say, "Hey, look!" From a conservation aspect, you know, we're weeding out, you know, unhealthy or destructive. You know, like bear hunting, which I didn't realize. Like, you know, hunting males actually increases, increases the population, population. Yep. Mm. because did you guys know this? Did they so, kill the, because they, they kill, kill the cubs,
0: yeah. 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 Because if they kill well,
1: the cubs, I didn't know that the
0: sow comes back into heat and he gets to breeder. Mm-hmm. So it really stems from it's the same thing, not same thing that people go through, but <laughs> there's an idea of differential reproductive success, right? Yeah. Survival so of the fittest, mm-hmm. right? You're and you go to the bar like the chicks are dressed to the nines they want to catch your eye they're not just you know wearing stilettos for their arches mm -hmm. they're like they (laughs) want to catch your eye and and we're in the gym and brushing our teeth and trying to get haircuts Mm -hmm. to like yeah i see your stilettos you see my pecs (laughs) maybe we should hang out and have sex and Mm -hmm. you know we have sex because we're primates we have sex for other reasons other than procreation but most other animals are like yeah, I want to have, I want the cubs on this island to be my cubs. Right. So if I run into a sow with your cubs, I'm going to kill them. She's going to come back in the heat. I'm going to breed her. She's going to have my cubs. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's just an, a biology thing. And so to, to stem from your first and foremost people, and I don't want to offend anyone, but you know, we like to think that we are human beings and that then there's there's people and then there's animals, mm-hmm. when in fact is we're all animals, yes, mm-hmm. like we are, and we're seeing this now with the pandemic, right like people are freaking out because our population is losing a couple of individuals, but really all animal populations go through it like if we if we watch five wolves kill another wolf from another pack, we're like, ooh, take a camera, yeah, photograph that, but now with the pandemic we're like someone died we're all like this is so tragic yeah. right. but really it's the ebb and flow of life yeah. and this is we're a population just like a population of ants or a population of butterflies and there's immigration there's immigration there's life and there's death these are the mm-hmm. things but we have built ourselves into cities we have hospitals we have restaurants yeah. grocery stores so we have awesome opposable thumbs i flew it in today on an mm-hmm. airplane mm-hmm. like we we have elevated ourselves we we put yeah. ourselves up kind of up above that so in hunting the reason I can love wildlife and want to contribute to wildlife but also take wildlife is because I'm an animal too, right? Mm-hmm. There's a predator-prey relationship that I want to belong to, and the more I know about my prey, the more I know about that ecosystem, the more I immerse myself into that ecosystem, the more I can contribute to it. Like, I get made fun of a little bit. Uh, a couple of people to my face and behind my back. Some people call me a wolf like the wolf lover, right? Mm-hmm. So most hunters would give their right leg to shoot a wolf. Mm-hmm. Wolves are very secretive, they're very shy, um they're very fast moving, they're very intelligent, cunning, they're very difficult to kill with any weapon. But for whatever reason, I've had 50 opportunities in my life to shoot a wolf in this room. Like me and the wolf are in this room or me and a pack of wolves mm. are in this room. And I've had multiple instances. I've had wolf tags in my pocket. Like, I can legally kill you. Mm -hmm. But I've never really wanted to. I just, it hasn't flipped Mm -hmm. that predatory switch for me Mm -hmm. to kill the wolf. Yeah. Right? Right. I'm not going to do it. I wouldn't kill anything for a pelt. So, if I wanted a wolf pelt, I'll just buy one from a trapper that Mm -hmm. I know. I'll just buy one. And I probably will do that because they're beautiful. But wolves, they need to be managed they need to be killed, not everywhere they live, Hmm, but in a lot of places they live, they literally have to be managed because they're so successful at hunting. They're so successful at killing game in a particular area that, you know, there's areas in Alaska, they literally fly helicopters and shoot them Mm. like with, you know, literally snipers are Mm -hmm. mowing down multiple individuals from a pack because they're so successful. That's the only, like you could send hunters in there for an entire year and you know, they're not going to kill enough wolves to make an impact. But Uh for whatever reason I've just have never killed a wolf and mm-hmm. if I'm being honest and this is how this is why some other hunters make fun of me like the wolves and again they need to be killed I'm not anti-killing of wolves but the wolves the individuals know when an individual doesn't come back to the pack mm. okay so they know when it, when an individual wolf gets killed they're social animals yeah they are kind of understanding the bio rhythms. They might not know what happened to that wolf. If no, Mm -hmm. if none of the other Mm -hmm. wolves were around, you know, it might just be a rifle shot or a bow shot. That wolf dies. Then the other wolves are like, Hey, you know, the white wolf never came back. And Mm -hmm. so like, but there's, so their wherewithal Mm -hmm. is something that I've always appreciated. Mm -hmm. That is number one. Number two is I've never been in an area where I've paid enough attention to the wolf population to where I was like, you know, I've never had somebody drop me off from an airplane and say, hey, the wolves here, they assume you're not going to see any wolves. When a pilot drops you off or you hike into an Mm -hmm. area, the assumption is you're not going to see a wolf. Mm -hmm. So I've never really looked into wolf populations in a particular area to where, like, if I was going in an area and you said, hey, heads up, the wolves here are way overpopulated. They're decimating the caribou. They're decimating the moose. If -hmm. you get an opportunity, we would sure appreciate it if you took a wolf or Mm -hmm. Mm 2 then I would probably easily yeah. kill a wolf, right. right? But I've never, like, I, I got I got into a pack of wolves in the Arctic several years ago, and, and, um, and like, they were all in this room. It was gnarly. Like, they literally, like, we were hunting the same moose. That's That's my mm. interpretation is that I was stalking a big moose, and then I bumped into this pack, and we were kind of moving, converging together. But then when they saw me, they came over to,
2: like, Check you out.
0: Yeah, and I said this to a. I, I had a wolf <sighs> biologist kind of yell at me one time because I was like, "Yeah, they came over to hunt me," and she wrote me a nasty letter. And I don't mean that, but certainly when they were looking at me, mm-hmm. they were definitely like, hmm, "What's this guy?" Like mm-hmm. they came over and they were going behind me. They were communicating. They were making these little vocalizations. And and there there was a crew. There's three of us: the two photographers, myself, and and um, so it was a great experience, but. My point is, like, I didn't have this bloodlust of, like, I need to kill all these yeah. wolves. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there going, I have no idea about, like, what if I shot two of these wolves? Because I had two wolf tags in my pocket mm-hmm. at the time. But what if I shot two of these wolves? And then, you know, the pilot came to pick me up later. And I was like, yeah, I shot two wolves. you would be like, oh, we're trying to get that pack established here. Right. Because oh, yeah. right. this mm-hmm. and this yeah. and this. I'd be like, oh, shoot, I just shot two of the individuals. So I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And truth be told, when the pilot picked me up, I said... You know, I was like, man, like, um, I saw a bunch of wolves. And he's like, did you kill any? And I said, no. He's like, oh, man, they're really overrun here. Mm. They're really hammering the moose. And I was like, oh, shoot. Dang. Okay, yeah. well, I didn't. But anyway, so, you See, know, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of the conundrum with being a hunter. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. and anytime you're the executioner, right? So when you squeeze a trigger, you shoot your bow, your arrow's passing through them. Like, that animal, just like with Michael Eastern in the comfort crisis, mm-hmm. like when he squeezed the trigger on that bull, like, you took his life Mm -hmm. you took it michael it wasn't me you took it and so Mm -hmm. like and you know you guys it's a book so you don't get to see it although we filmed it and we'll come out with pieces of it but he was i mean as soon as he squeezed that trigger he was crushed with regret he was angry at himself like he started running with a loaded gun i had to stop him like he was pissed off man Mm -hmm. he was disappointed in himself for sure i don't know if he conveyed that when yeah but he was disappointed himself, and then he got up to the bowl, and his bowl's beautiful, and it's sitting there with its yeah. eyes closed, and he's like, looks like it's sleeping. You know, he's okay. like, mother. His blood is coming out of it, you know, and then he's still super upset, you know, and mm-hmm. I gave him time with the bowl, and then, um, then I started butchering it. It was funny because I took the skin off, cut the head off. I started removing legs, and so I, now I have meat is laying on a, a tarp, mm-hmm. and he goes... Oh, it looks like meat. <laughs>
1: like,
0: you know it, what? It's, it's it funny. is meat. I it's mean, with, a, it's honestly, it's
2: funny, but we would probably have the exact same. Oh yeah, Because yeah. yeah. now yeah. it does sure. look
0: like caribou.
3: Yeah, now it looks right. like a meat cow. Yeah. cow. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the fillet. Uh uh-huh. mm-hmm. You know, there, there's the, there's the there's the rump roast. There's like mm, there's oh, the a okay. backstrap. Back yep. 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 there yeah, yeah. There it is.
3: It's meat. And back to your other point, though, right? Is is there's a purpose? I think I think the the hunters and. and Look, I love Texas, um, but in Texas, like hunting becomes a sport, right? It's like high fenced ranches. It certainly can, yes. And and, and it, that's it's like, hey, we're gonna take our company out there. We're gonna go do this, you know. It, it's just different. Like the to me the the respect that and a majority of hunters do and I'm not knocking any of these hunters right it's legal and and you know a lot of these deer are managed mm-hmm. uh, for specifically mm-hmm. that but but when you are doing it for a purpose and like like you said I didn't just kill just to kill like I wanted to know why and I wanted to know that there's a reason and yes there's a predator prey relationship but there's the food aspect of it there's a management but I, to me just the knowledge because, I mean, you see hunters out there, you know, shooting, you know, shooting a doe. And it's like, okay, there's really no reason to do that. Right. Like, unless you know, or, hey, we're trying to clear this out because, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we've got we got a bunch of bucks that are. Yeah, are, right, we need to shoot does here. Yeah, we need, to, we yeah, need, we need to, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But to to go out and hunt and to respect nature, right, and to respect the process of it. And there's reasons behind it um and, and like you said we're animals like we're not above we're not above the laws of nature or no take a know, look around yeah like we're
0: all i mean in this pandemic right now it's a baby it's a sliver right imagine the bubonic plague okay oh, yeah. so when the bubonic plague rolled into town about 50 percent of the people in every town died So imagine Mm -hmm. 50% of Dallas going away Mm -hmm. in a couple
3: weeks. Yeah, Um, not Mm -hmm. not 0.01%. Yeah, now we
0: have something to talk about because now in your household of four, two of you have to go away statistically. So that is something to think about. And when you think about your own mortality in that regard, like I think we feel robbed as human beings. Like, wait a minute, if we have a toothache, we go to the dentist. If we break our toe, we go to the doctor. If Mm -hmm. I need to get to Dallas, I get on an airplane. Mm -hmm if I want to eat a steak for lunch, there's a place within five miles right. here that I can go eat a steak. Yeah. And so we, that's the whole book with Michael, mm-hmm. you know, and when the, yeah. when, when I did the interview with Michael with, um, men's health magazine, mm-hmm. you know, he's asked me all these questions of kind of the why. And I was like, I, you know, I don't really know. And I was like, when it's harder, it's better, you know, and seeing these animals, like, rather than just going on an elk hunt to get an elk rack and an elk hide like Mm. it's really interesting to find out what the mountain range is doing Mm. kind of watch these bio rhythms of this mountain range yes we're hunting elk but we're also looking at you know i'm sitting there at 10,000 feet with my bow in my hands and i had red fletchings on my arrows and i'm sitting there with michael talking with him and a hummingbird comes in and lands on my arrows you know and him and i are just sitting here looking at this hummingbird on the arrows and it takes off you know and he looks at me and i was like yeah, that that's why. Gosh, like, yeah, that is. Yeah, you know what oh, yeah. really
2: what grabbed me in reading in, in reading uh, Michael Easter's book is is the fact that the vulnerability, like how vulnerable you guys were, not just to the weather, because the weather was something that you you had to manage. Yeah, right. And it, and it, yeah. you you guys did a great job within the book of, of painting that picture. Like it put me there. Yeah. Yeah. Although I was comfortable in my own bed, but <laughs> but it put it puts you there, and it gives you a perspective of you're dealing with the weather, but just the vulnerability of maybe it's a grizzly. Oh yeah, that comes through camp, or you know, talk to us about that part of it because there's a lot of people that don't you know have never been in an experience, uh, they a, a life and death experience, and that's what you've been through.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's being put in a position of your literally at the mercy i mean even we were joking about it but even driving here right from the airport like i'm driving paying zero attention to the speed limit zero attention for the most part of what lane i'm in other than i'm just know i'm in between the other cars but i literally drove the whole way here with my eyes looking at the sky and Mm. it was really funny because i would stop at and i'm not bragging but i would stop at stoplights And I'd look at the cars around me. No one was looking at the sky. Mm, People no. were looking at their phones. Yeah, People were just sitting in their real. cars. And I'm like, I'm seeing multiple vortices of rotation going on right now above me. So I'm, I'm making my plan. I'm like, there's an overpass. Okay, so I would get out of my truck. I'm jumping over this railing. I'm running up under this overpass or I'm speeding. I'm going to go. Th- Can I go through this ditch without hanging up my frame in my truck? I'm literally making these assessments mm-hmm. while I'm driving here to the studio in Dallas, Texas. And yeah. so... It's kind of that, like when we're in these situations of weather or being in a small, you know, we fly in, people laugh, but Michael was terrified. But the airplanes we fly in are made out of tape. They're literally made out of duct tape, right? (laughs) It's an engine. It's two guys. So if if something happens to the pilot, like you're done. Like Mm. there aren't even controls for you. Like, the mm. controls. So, he sits. The pilot sits. His seat comes right up between your legs. Your knees go on either side of the pilot in front That's of you.
3: Butts to nuts. Yep. And yep. it's just
0: the windows are right here. The whole thing's a window. And then the wings, the whole fuselage is made out of, like, a fancy duct tape. Because they can take off anywhere. So, you're sitting in there, or you have weather, or you have a bear that charges. You know, you're just... You kind of just have to accept the circumstance, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You prepare your body and your mind like oh oh here comes a bear like oh hey bear hey bear hey bear hey bear and hope she stops Mm. statistically she's probably going to stop Mm -hmm. statistically if she doesn't stop you're probably going to live our skulls are really too big for a bear to grab a hold and puncture your skull which is kind of what they're looking for so you guys know if you pay attention at all like grizzly attacks a lot of guys get scalped Mm -hmm. the bears are biting their head and when they're trying to crush their skull their teeth slide up the skull Mm. and rip all their skin and hair Mm. off right Mm -hmm. so what what bear victims do is you have your backpack on and you hope you have your backpack on yeah and then you cover your medulla oblongata you're covering your brain stem with your Uh hands interlocked because if he or she bites the back of your neck, you're done. Yeah, right. So she's gonna out. give yeah, you a yeah. little shake and it's mm. uh, lights yeah. out. Yeah. And so you are just preparing your mind for this, you know, fuzzy tractor that's gonna run into you or or the airplane crash. You know, when you're sitting there in the airplane going, or a couple of times we've been on the sides of mountains and we're gonna take off and they had to come pick us up emergently because the wind is gonna blow a hundred tomorrow. It's blowing 40 today and hey we got to because of the direction of the wind we got to take off down mountain instead of up so Mm -hmm. like like two men in an airplane and the pilots like hey you're on the radio and he's like hey I'm gonna give it everything it has like we're in this together. Mm. Like there's no like, ah, oh, put your tray tables up. <laughs> um, stop watching a quiet place. No, it's literally dumping
2: the you're throttle not, in. You're not complaining about the Wi-Fi No, no, no you're not. Ah, oh, come on. Are you kidding me?
0: I can't text my life's on the, the plane right yeah, now. <laughs> my life's the worst. So you're literally just bouncing down the runway and you're like, you're literally driving at a hill, right? Mm. We, we've had pilots, you know, we had a pilot one time. He's like, Hey, we're, I won't name him, but he's like, Hey, we're heavy. We're really heavy, so basically we're it's like just giving you a heads up. Like we're going to f- drive off this cliff. We're literally driving off this cliff, and then by the time we hit, like, we'll be flying. He's like, I've done it a thousand times, and this guy was awesome. He's like, don't worry about it. But he's like, I'm just giving you a heads up. Like, we're not going to be leaving the ground before we leave this cliff. Mm. like, all right. But he's like, it's really good moose hunting here.
3: <laughs> but so, it's really good moose hunting.
0: <laughs> it's really good here, and, and it's really good moose hunting here. One of the reasons is because I'm the only one with the nuggets that will yeah. land right here and yeah. drop you off. So if you guys are in, and we're and we are, yeah, then drop us off in a wild place.